take refuge in the truth that we're all imbued with, the teachings about that truth, and the people who practice. Good evening. We're doing a series of talks on a collection of koans called the Mumon Khan, the Gateless Gate, written in the 12th century. <clears throat> and koans are, in a way, like tools. So we have the good fortune at the monastery to have a workshop, and it's filled. It's got joiners and table saws and planers and chop saws and router, router, uh, router tables. It's got drill presses and band saws, all sorts of things. And they're all sitting there, and I haven't unfortunately used it for the last year or so. So they're just sitting there. And koans are kind of like that. Koans are tools that we all have the ability to use but as long as they're just sitting there, you know, they're interesting. You can recite them, but they're not really effective. And the fuel that koans uh, need and use is curiosity. Being curious, inquiring. So a koan lays out a particular thing and says, here, here's a truth. Here's an expression of a truth. And then with a stable mind in the present moment, with some curiosity, you think, what's, what's this about? How can I live and manifest this? Now, as we all know all too well, you cannot talk somebody into silence. You cannot say, grow up, and have them become more mature person. All we can do is try to inspire ourselves and others to really look into the nature of our own mind. To inspire, try to inspire ourselves and others to, to live a life that is based on ethics to live a life that is based on generosity. But nobody can do it for you, and koans can't do it for anybody. So this is a particular koan. This is a case number five in the Mumon Khan. And it lays out a, a particular challenge and an opportunity and says, here, look, look directly and see what you can see. Now, as I've mentioned in, in previous talks, all of the koans, all of Buddhism, all of Zen Buddhism especially, is based on non-dual awareness, or on the functioning of that non-dual awareness. It's based on the, that the world is one thing, that there is one mind, that there is one, it's one whole unit. Now we can, with our mind, we can look at, you know, we can break it up and say there's a, a mat there, and here's a piece of paper here, and here's a hand here, but nonetheless, it is still one, one whole thing. The world is still one, whether we call it you know, China or India or Russia or United States. It's still one world. <clears throat> so all of the koans are based upon the, there is one world, and we're now looking at it through a particular slide, a particular site, a particular uh, view. Um, so here's the koan that we're going to work on this evening. It's called Kyogen's Manipa Tree. And those of you who've been around for a while know our, the, my old friend and the former abbot of Dharma Rain Zen Center used to be called Kyogen. Here he was, is called Kyogen. He died a few years ago. But we used to tease him about this koan. Here's the koan. Master Kyogen said, it is like a man or a woman or a human being up a tree who hangs from a branch by their mouth. Their hands can't grasp a bough. Their feet can't touch the tree. Another person comes along under the tree and asks them the meaning of Bodhidharma's coming from the West. Ask, you know, what's the, what's the deepest truth? What's the truth here? If they don't answer, they don't meet 
their vow. They don't meet the questioner's need. They don't meet the, the bodhisattva aspiration. If they answer, on the other hand, they let go and they lose their life. At such a time, how would you answer? That's the koan. So, you know, on the front, per, front part, it sounds kind of esoteric. And then the next part of the, of the koan is the Mumon's commentary. Even though your eloquence flows like a river, it's all to no avail. Even if you expound the great Tripitaka, that is, all the teachings of Buddhism, it's also of no use. If you can really answer this koan, you will revive the dead and kill the living. If, however, you are unable to answer, wait for my trepa, Maitreya, the future Buddha, to come and ask him. Mumon's poem. Kyogen is just gibbering. How vicious his poison is. Stopping up the monks' mouths, he makes their devil's eyes glare. Or he glares at them with his devil eyes. So, you know, with a koan, there's sometimes a little bit of language and sometimes some cultural stuff. But the essential thing about every single koan we're working on is it's about my life, about your life, about life. And this particular thing is setting up our life as a metaphor, as a poetic expression, as a story about our situation. So the situation they're talking about here is we are stuck. We can't go forward, we can't go backward. We're stuck. We're engaged in our life, and we don't know what to do. We're engaged in our life in some activity, and the world says, here, respond to this. What do we do? How do we respond? So this is a koan partly about how do we respond? We meet somebody on the street. How do we respond? We, our partner asks something of us. They're upset. How do we respond? We have to make a decision. Do I go? Do I stay? How do I respond? The world, our world is always, 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 always asking us to respond, to respond, to respond. So here we are, hanging on to our little life, hanging on to our view of things, hanging on to whatever circumstance we're in, and somebody comes forward and says, here, help me. Here, do this. Help me with that. What do we do? That's what this koan is about. What do we do? How do we respond? It's about, in this particular case, one of the views I'm looking at here is responsiveness. Now, <clears throat> we often talk about in, in Dharma that if the, the first foundation of Dharma, the first foundation of uh, suffering is unconsciousness. We're not paying attention. That we just have all of our assumptions about who we are and how the world is, and as long as the world happens to go along with those and we're not you know, reasonably comfortable, everything is okay. And so we just assume, well, the world is the way I think it is. The world looks the way I think it should look. And then, you know, it's a, it's a small kind of self-centered view. My view of the world is the way it is. But then, of course, as we all know, Something comes along and says, here, respond to this, try that. This isn't going to work. You know? Somehow, President Trump gets elected. Somehow, we get fired. Somehow, our partner you know, decides that we need to go to Alabama. Somehow, we win the lottery. The universe comes along and says, here, try this, respond to this. When we have little awareness, all we do is react. I don't like that. Oh, that might be good. Oh, I don't, we, we react. We don't respond. We can't, we're not really meeting a situation. We're only meeting our head view 
Okay, here's my view of the world, and I'm going to respond with my view of the world. Instead of having had some insight into the nature of our own self and seeing that the world and us are not two, and having some ability to actually respond creatively, to be able to respond uh, with, with life, with genuineness. And always, of course, something always comes. The future always is there. But when we're really awake into the fluid nature of all things, into the miraculous nature of all things, into all things that are constantly coming forth. And we actually can see that and know that with our own being, the, 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 the miracle of this life, the, the absolutely um, surprising and awesome way the world unfolds. We respond differently. We have a different capacity. And we have different availability than if we're looking at with a small fixed idea of, oh, this is the way I am, this is the way I am, this is the way the world is, this is the way the world should be. I read it, I believe it, therefore it is. When we only have that small view, we're destabilized, you know? We're really thrown into confusion. I don't know what to do. Where do I go? What do I do? As you all know, we can think and talk about psychological stuff and spiritual stuff. We can babble on and on and on. We can read all sorts of books about how to get rich and the fundamentals of a good relationship. But the challenge is, can we live it? So this Cohen's asking for, saying, okay, here's a, here's a situation. Respond. How could you respond lively? Here's your situation. This is not about some, some desiccated old corpse that's hanging in a tree. It's about your situation in your life. Where are you stuck? How do you respond when you're stuck? How are you genuine? Are you genuine? Are you really a, a, a person of integrity? Which is not a picture. So we come to Zazen. Now, this is not something we, we hear about and we think, oh, that's a good idea, I think I'll do that. We ha it has to be based upon our own vivid, direct experience. And so we do Zazen. We come here, we sit, we look with the nature of our own mind, we sit in our own skin. We learn to really and truly be willing to sit in our own skin, to appreciate this life just as it is. Not as it might be if we were 20 years younger or 20 pounds lighter or you know, 20 IQ points smarter, but just as it is. Because that is the way it is. That is our life. So it is Zazen, the foundation of I am present, with acceptance of the nature of my life. And I can then look into my fixed views, the places that I get stuck, all the arguments I have in my head. I can really look into them. So this Cohen is asking, with that foundation, how are you genuine? Be real. Somebody comes forward and whatever they do, they say, here, do something with this. Do we respond? Are we frozen? Somebody says, here, give me some money. So that's part of what this koan is about. So if you're working on it as a koan, I mean, that's part of the testing is, can you respond? Can you just respond, 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 respond? Can you be genuine? That ability to be genuine is not just an idea. It is that we each have our own unique DNA. We each have our own history. We each have our own life. We each are the culmination of a thousand million experiences of our life that have led to this moment. 
And it's not about, am I right or wrong? So one of the traps of all the koans is it tries to, they try to say, okay, I'm going to give you this, this, this example here, and are you going to get caught in right or wrong? It is true, there are times that we are more skillful, and we've all been completely unskillful many times, as you all know. But whether we happen to be skillful or not, whether we happen to have the maturity of a 60-some-year-old person or the, the energy and maturity of a 30-some-year-old person, regardless of our circumstances, there are times we miss the mark. There are times that we are right on the mark. But we have the ability to be genuine, to genuinely make a mistake, to genuinely screw up, to genuinely be really present, to be alive. So this koan is asking about, can you, in this moment, really be truly alive and have integrity right now, whatever way you do it? It's not about, I'm going to hang on or let go. No, sometimes we hang on, sometimes we let go. Can you be genuine? So we, again, this is, this is Zen Buddhism, this is Dharma, this is not about, you can't, it's not about, okay, I give you this talk and I think, oh, that's a good idea, I think I'll do that. It's about, can we practice? Can we look into the nature of our own mind and see the nature of this life? that it is impermanent, that the things that I think are so real are actually concatenations, they're actually conglomerations, they're actually aggregates of thought, of feeling, of chemicals, of elements. Even our thoughts are not a thing. They're a constant flow. and They come together and they disappear, and they come together and they disappear, and all of our emotions the same way. So, this koan is asking us to look at that intersection. Well, sometimes, as you all know, we need to really hang on and say, yep, this is the way it is, this is what I'm going to do, this is my, my path. You know, I am definitely going to finish graduating, I'm definitely going to do this. And sometimes it's say, well, let go, that was, that was a dead end, I'm going to go a different direction. But you know, in some ways, it doesn't make a difference at this absolute level. On a relative level, we are more skillful and less skillful. And if we're more skillful, we might get the things that we think we want. If we're less skillful, we may not get the things that we think we want. But if we have integrity and genuineness as our aspiration, and meeting people in the world with kind of the truth of who we and they are, I think something miraculous comes out of that. I think that there's a, a, an unfolding that often happens beyond what are particular small ideas about how things are going to look. That when we actually are genuine and have a kind of faith in that genuineness, that faith in that particular expression, there are there are sometimes miracles possible. Sometimes things come forward we can't even imagine. Interesting connections, interesting people that we meet, interesting fortuitous circumstances. If we are fake and pretending, it doesn't happen. So this particular koan is, is the way I'm spinning it right now, is about somebody asks us for something and we respond from 
our deep being. And that deep being is the result of practice. That we have not said, okay, I'm not going to be a deep being, but we begin to let go. We begin to, to, to drop some of the layers, all the layers of opinion and thought and all the ideas about who we think we might be and should be and ought to have been and have been. Let go of some of the confusion and come back to what is true right here, right now, the integrity of this moment. That is the place, right here, right now, in the integrity of this moment where miracles happen, where unforeseen things come forth, where we can make a gift that has consequences far beyond our hopes. So this is what this little koan is about. One of the ways of looking at it. You know, with, with all the koans, it's not as though there is a right answer and a wrong answer. It's a trap. There are actually books that you can get. Um, say, here are the answers to the great koans, you know. You, know, you look up koan number five and it says, the answer is, Stick out your hand and wiggle your fingers. I mean, so, you know, it, it is all the, all the koans are asking for a particular vital life energy that can't be gotten in a book. Woman's commentary, even though your eloquence flows like a river, it's to no avail. You can't talk your way into awakening. You can't talk your way into maturity. You can't talk your way into silence. It has to be lived. Even though you can expound the great wisdom, the great even though you can talk your ears off, even though you teach philosophy classes and teach spiritual practices, unless you live it, unless you embody it, it is of no use. And so it's saying you have to embody this. And of course, somebody can't tell you, you embody it, it'll be good for you. If you can really answer it, you will revive the dead and kill the living. You'll revive that dead part of your own heart that has been stifled by all of our fixed ideas. And you will kill all of these crazy notions that we have that are limiting and self-defeating. If, however, you're unable to answer, wait for my tripa, the future Buddha, to come. Sooner or later, because of the non-dual, everybody will be free. Everybody will be liberated. So don't worry about it. Kyogen is just gibbering. How vicious his poison is. Stopping up the monks' mouths, he makes their devil's eyes glare. So the, one of the elements of all cons is, despite the fact that I've just gone on and on and on and on and on talking about it, you can't answer a koan with words. Most of these koans we're dealing with right now. And so you ask, he asks the question here that can't be answered with words. You know? Hanging from the teeth, by a, from a tree by your teeth? I mean, what's that have to do with anything? So all these koans that we're working with right now, these first koans, are all about the vivid experience of your own non-dual life. How do you express that in a way that is meaningful? So may you all penetrate 
through the root of your existential conundrums. And find liberation right in your own life.